Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Prairie Ramblings Podcast. I am greeting you today once again in my closet recording studio. My fellow at-home podcasters know this place additionally well. It's nice. It's cozy in here, you know. Yeah, it's nice. Anyways, I'm happy to be here once again talking with y'all. Really stoked again about this awesome episode we have this week. Um, Before I get into that, I hope you enjoyed the nature sound. Ooh, it was a good one today. Um, This nature sound was a recording in one of our cat tunnels at the farm that I work at. Um, We had a really nice storm. It was on the last week of August, so not a current rainstorm currently. We need some rain, and we are not getting it. Uh, So trying to manifest some rain, putting in a nature sound in here of a lovely storm and a little bit of thunder rumble for you too. That was a very beautiful time. It's always lovely to start the farm day inside, technically, um, when it's raining. It's just so peaceful and it's something that I really, I really treasure. So I hope you, I hope you enjoyed it. So today we have my dear new friend Liz Bonnie, also known as Harvestry by Hand. They are a beautiful Kansas fiber artist based in this area of Lawrence, Kansas, and they do some really cool work with wool and cotton fibers and upcycled fibers that they can get at thrift stores or from friends and things like that. So it's really cool. They do some weaving. They teach us about wool, the processes that go through of getting the fleece off of the sheep, shearing the sheep, this and that. They don't have any sheep themselves, but I hope that they can in their future. So... Without further ado, I present Liz by Harvestry, Harvestry by Hand. Oh, hey, one more thing. So, Austin, the person who is going to be helping produce this episode, does a really great job of the soundscape behind each episode so I hope that you're enjoying the quality upgrade since my first closet recording um, that I posted on here but I did just want to note that our voices are a little bit more muffled than usually for a good reason we masked up they have children things like that do your part mask up wear it 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 feels nice sometimes um, yeah, things are spreading quickly and things, there's many unknowns going on. So choose wisely how you want to step into this next months, years, days, hours. Yeah, something to consider. Um, just wanted to make a note of that because I feel like that is, um, information that all should know about. Um, so yeah, 
that is what our protocol was. We have been recording these episodes in the back of the bus. If you're in Lawrence, you may have seen the Rolling Palace um, on the streets. So, yeah, it's an awesome place. I It's my home. And I'm happy to be able to share this area with friends um, to record in my space. And every now and then you get to see my cat or hear a car or a lawnmower. And just remember that we are real people and we live in a real world. And there's sounds. Sounds that are not only our voices, but of the external world. So yeah, just a little friendly reminder there. Um, we do things casually here. This is a laid back place. Um, and I invite you to um, curate some some laid back energy in your own life in whatever way you may be able to do that. Um, whatever capacity you can find to create that calming space is so important to all of us right now. So I wish that for all of you and I appreciate you for tuning in and sharing all the bits and talking to me when you see me out and about. I love you all so dearly. That means so much to me. And I'm so excited to keep going with this episode. We are once again joined with a sponsorship for this episode. So far, I have made a grand total of 23 cents. Um, so once once I hit an actual donationable um, amount, I will announce that amount. Right now we're at 23 cents which you can't really do much with these days, you know? So I'll keep y'all updated, but I'm excited to see see where that heads, you know? Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in. I am going to sign off now and hand it over to me and Liz back in the future. I'm glad it's not like... Okay, I am Liz Bonnie. My pronouns are she, her. And um, I am a fiber artist here in Lawrence. And I do have a business name, which is like my Instagram handle um, and other things, but it's harvestry by hand. Beautiful. All together. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's your, been your recent project you've been working on? Oh, a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Maybe in the last, like, two days. Yeah, right, I was going to say. And actually, even that is a lot. Yeah, no, I'm doing a lot at the same time. Um, so I've been doing some natural dyeing. I was teaching somebody some natural dyeing yesterday. I'm still a novice. I kind of have one way I, I do it with solar dye jars. And I just kind of, for the most part, stick to that. But it's also, you know, just my own lifestyle limitations at this point that that's conducive to that but um when I do natural dyeing I'm mostly working with things that are kind of of my environment and so things I can find in my yard or nearby outdoors and then also just like composted foods or things that are in your kitchen and I'm always trying to make everything um financially reasonable you know <laughs> so not buying a whole lot of um supplies online but yeah mostly like in doing alum and cream of tartar is the mordant so it's food safe and um that sort of thing yeah so natural dyeing and then um i've been spinning and teaching drop spindle classes with wool um spinning wool 
I also yesterday was scouring some fleeces, so some raw fleece, just, you know, basically right off of the sheep. And so scouring is when you're washing off the lanolin and the dirt. And so there's a whole process that you have to go through primarily so you don't accidentally felt the wool. Mm. And then I, I, I usually then take that wool and spin it. Um, but there are other things you can do with the wool once it's cleaned. And I'm also doing art in the park for the first time this year. Ooh. I'm excited. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like that's every like local Laurentian's yeah, dream. It, I kind Maybe. of had it in my head like, woo, that'd be cool. You know, and it's juried. So I was like, you know, ooh, if I get in, that's like, I'm super legit now. So, um, yeah, there are a lot of things I've been setting up at Art Emergency. Um, basically every other... It's, it's every second Saturday. Anyway, every month I've been doing that. But I'm going to be making some new things for Art in the Park, kind of fancier. I'm going to be doing a bunch of rugs. And so some of those are going to be naturally dyed. And they're all wool. Some are naturally dyed wool. Some are, actually, majority are going to be um, yarn that I spun or thrifted. And then I tend to over-dye a lot of stuff with acid dyes, which I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about um, using that you know, yeah. morally. Um, I need to do some research on how they're produced, but but I really like doing it. <laughs> and it's like, you can just get these like mind-blowingly wonderful deep cool. colors. So those are just a few of the things cool. that I've been working on. Great. Yeah. That and sewing fun. and yeah. Yes. Yeah. So maybe because you were just thinking about acid dyeing, what's like, what is that? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by acid dyeing? Okay, right. So, um, when you're dyeing a protein fiber, so like animal hair or silk, you, um, and you have, basically like I purchase powder, and then there is, um, I have to add an acid mm -hmm. to help the color in the dye adhere to the wool, because I'm primarily dyeing wool, mm. um, so far. And so I use vinegar, again, just because it's like, safe you can get it in your grocery store it's not very expensive some people buy I think it's acidic acid or something else it's a powder but then you have to wear a mask and be very concerned about things so I just do vinegar and I literally take I make a skein of yarn and I wash it just to make sure dirt or whatever's out of it I soak it in white vinegar squeeze out the excess liquid and then so then the vinegar is in the yarn and then I take the dye powder that I purchased which is specifically intended for you know um, acid dyeing mm -hmm. wool and then I, I mix it with water, and then I, I actually lay out the yarn. I tend to use cellophane. I'm trying to find another <laughs> way to do it, so I'm not using all this plastic wrap. But honestly, I haven't used plastic wrap in like 30 years, so I'm <laughs> doing it all now. Um, but anyway, you yeah. lay it out, and you pour the dye on. I just dye it, pour it directly onto the yarn, so you can do like patterns, variegated colors. Cool. And it's just, it's like you're hand painting it. And then I wrap it up, put it in the microwave, and steam it. And Whoa. then I let it sit like overnight. And one thing I like about acid dyeing wool is that it absorbs all, like if you do it right, it absorbs all the dye color, and so there's none that's going down the drain. So it just like sucks it all in. Wow. But yeah, I really, I like to do a lot of like purchasing thrifted yarn or garage sales, you know, so it's not, um, in a way it's like it's not supporting the wool mills that really need the support, but I'm also like, you know, lower, you know, ecological impact, at least in my mind, in terms of getting the thrift and stuff, and it's cheaper, and I feel like it's approachable. I try to, when I teach and when I do these things, I'm trying to think of how, you know, people can do it on a budget, you know, yeah. in a, in a larger, like, more earth-friendly way or whatnot. That's always at the forefront of my mind. That's great. Yeah, that's a good, like, 
morale going forward in like classes and things like that. And I appreciate that approach because I think a lot of like cra like crafts, especially when it comes to dyeing, some crafts can just get like really expensive and like not easy for everybody to have access to. Yeah, the tools and materials are crazy, and especially with weaving and yeah. to a certain extent spinning. Like, I mean, there's a reason the things are expensive, and right. it's like excellent craftsmanship just making the tools and a lot of these are like wood tools but if I feel like especially if people are just starting and trying to get a taste for it just to get for me to get people in the door and get passionate about fiber which is kind of my end goal yeah um, personally I want to start them with something that isn't going to cost them a lot of money that's like portable doable and I always have like notes that I've written up for my class or like a just kind of a one-page sheet that I just give everybody and I'm like share it with your friends you know just yeah. like an explanation so that they can feel like they have a resource and then I tell them other places to look if they want to learn more like Great. reach out to me you know so yeah I'm just trying to like yeah get more people interested and I feel like it's happening anyway right now I think people are open to these things and you know especially in terms of um like getting local and processing it and learning craftsmanship and just like hands-on yeah therapeutic yeah making techniques it's really fun i'm definitely like a personally a hands-on visual person like zoom has been the <laughs> real death to me in some parts of my life it's like yeah. oh god you well, know and it's interesting because i've been a full-time stay-at-home mom for like um, like six and a half plus years yeah <laughs> and um and what really got me so I, I I learned how to weave in college and we did some dyeing and I did it I did it like as as many times as they let me take a weaving class I took it and I didn't get a degree in it in part because um my dad's an artist and I saw how he just made it very clear to us like it is hard to get <laughs> a full job and make enough money and you know, support your family if you're going to have a family, which I obviously did. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, okay, I'll go another path and just keep that in the background and have it be fun and have it not be like, it's my job, I have to do the weaving, you know, because right. I figured yeah. that would kill the joy. Right. Anyway, so I, I, but I loved it. And so it was a part of my life and my mom had woven and spun when she was in college. Mm -hmm. And so I inherited all of these tools. So I didn't even have to spend like thousands of dollars to get oh, wow. this stuff. Oh, yeah. And she had hauled it around for years, and then I ended up hauling it around for years. Anyway, like, I just did it here and there, and then I got married, got pregnant, had this kid, and was like, oh my gosh, like, identity crisis after I had a child, and, sorry, I'm trying to be brief, but it's, you know, involved. Anyway, so yeah. I ended up, like, trying to get back into weaving, but it was so hard to fit in. And during COVID, um, my, my younger son was in preschool, my older son was in kindergarten in public schools, computer learning it's not the way he works and I was absolutely beyond stressed out and so I found out about this place Kansas City Textile Arts Center from a friend and immediately contacted them I was like I know how to do all these things I'm pretty sure I can teach them I've taught two of these and she's like sure yeah. do it so I was actually teaching on zoom oh my gosh these things which are very visual um very tactile and most of the time I could just see people's faces and I just had to trust that they let me know you know <laughs> I was yeah. flying out if they need help and I'm yeah so it was like right. I was trying to teach this in a yeah this like online format and I did it and I figured it out but I've been we've been doing some small in-person stuff you know masked and whatever lately and it's so amazing 
to yeah. do it in person with me. <laughs> yeah. To, like, be on the other side, like, start from Zoom and then just, like... Yeah, and we might have to go back to that, and that's fine, you know, but, um, yeah, I just feel like it's, at least for me, like, doing these things, and especially teaching these things and trying to really get out and talk to people that and reach out is, like, I have met the most amazing people even just in the past couple months. Like, it's just crazy how it's, like, open doors, and I'm, again, like, I was, like, a stay-at-home mom and, like, you know, only getting out, like, playdates or, you know, more than that. But really, you know, it's just, it's isolated. Yeah. So this has been, like, almost this, like, reawakening for me. That's of, so amazing. Uh, mentally, socially, emotionally, like, it's just been really positive. That's great. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. I'm also, like, trying to balance this with... Yeah. Kids and... Yeah. That's There's a lot thing, of things but... to juggle with that as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool because I think that there's a lot of... It's cool to see that this has been, you know, successful and, like, the fact that, like, you can use technology and it can be helpful even though, like, we're not all huge fans of it. It's, like, it can still bring people together and, you know, maybe somebody from your online class can then meet you in person and be like, hey, I was on your online class. It's like, you did it. It like, happened. You made it. Yeah. I would, like, walk downtown, you know, again, like, I wasn't going downtown for the longest time, but I was downtown, and, you know, and I, somebody came up to me, and she's like, I took your class. I was like, I thought you did, but, again, it's, like, hard to identify people when you only see them on the computer. But really, like, I had not been, I didn't have a smartphone for a really long time. I honestly only got it because I needed to use, like, Square to have people pay on my phone at right. And then I was like, okay, I'll do Instagram. And that, that has opened up so many doors. Well, I think you found me through Instagram. But, yeah. but it's been like, I, I feel like I, I'm probably on it too much, but I feel like, to me, it still feels healthy. Like, I don't, I think a lot of people talk about, like, yes you end up judging yourself too much or something. But for me, I feel like I'm using it for outreach and to a certain extent education and just, like, inspiration. I mean, it's just a wealth of... And information, I mean, my gosh, I know yeah. so much. And it just, yeah, it's yeah. been a positive thing for me so far. Totally. And I feel like it really depends on the person and who you personally follow because, like, I yeah, follow sure. a lot of, like, local people. I follow a lot of, like, artists. I You know, just the whole gambit. Farmers, you know, all in between. And I get a lot of education. I'm reading a lot on my Instagram. Like, I follow different scientists and different, like, people that are, like, releasing different information of, you know, all sorts. So I feel like it can be a really educational and, like, opening space. And even, you know, like, a local shop is closing downtown. I'm really sad pedestrian is closing. Oh, yeah, no, I heard that. Um, and so just, like, even reading through the comments is, like, I know, like, all these people through the social media, and it's, like, cool because it's still, for our small town, it's a very good sense of community mm -hmm. online together. And especially now when we aren't physically seeing each other or we're concerned about whether or not we should or yeah, where, when, or, yeah. Like, what, how we're feeling about that. those situations, and so, yeah, but... I'm definitely grateful that we can sit here together in yeah. person and have this conversation because... I know, I was like, I want to do it in person if we can because it feels just so much more... Yeah, just It's like, just so much better. And <laughs> I've done some on Zoom. I think I did one. Mm -hmm. I almost... I was going to do a second one then it didn't work out, which was fine. Um, people's schedules change so much and, you know, trying to spend an hour and a half or whatever to talk to me is like, eh. You know, which is fine. But um, it was weird. It was just really weird because I, like, don't know the person. 
usually and so I'm like trying to get to know them and trying to figure out like do we want to like have a nice conversation and then get into the podcast we want to record the whole thing right now like yeah you know but um yeah it's been it's been an interesting playing field to walk through yeah yeah I think so um what have you done with the Kansas City Textile Center so you did the zoom classes have you Mm -hmm. and you started in person as well we've been doing some in person I would think only within the past month and you know we like limit I think I feel like it's like five at the most I think you know and it depends like she's very open so the woman who runs it her name is Ashley Arnett Shipley and she's I believe she started with other people but she's kind of the sole um owner at this point and so um yeah every I work with her and I mean, you can just go, like, she's always looking for people to teach, and you do not have to be a quote-unquote professional or, like, have a degree or even have taught before, and she just wants people to come, and, like, you can go on her website and say, like, this is the class I can teach, and then she'll just get back to you, and so that's what I did. I just went online and said, like, actually, I could teach one of these four things, and we kind of decided on a couple to start with, and again, it was all online, so I started with an introduction to tapestry weaving class. Oh my gosh. And I, because that's actually what I ended up doing quite a bit in college and kind of, um, that's just kind of like a niche, 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 niche that I fell into. Yeah. (laughs) Was doing that and I felt like that I was skilled at that. You know, at the time I felt like, Once you do it a few times, you're like, yeah, I got this. I'm good at this. Yeah. Like it takes forever, but I'm good at it. I don't know, it just felt like, it made me feel like, yeah, I got this. So anyway, um, I felt like I knew enough, and I had taught that one time or two times previously through the um, the um, Caw Valley Fiber Guild that we have here in Lawrence. Oh, okay. It's a fiber guild, and so it's mostly, I always say, like, yarn art. So people who knit sew, crochet, or not, not necessarily, I mean, some people sew, but it's more like knitting, crocheting, spinning, weaving, thing, felting, things like that. Um, anyway, I taught through them, and yeah, so we did an intro tapestry weaving class, and I had, like, I feel like it was, like, 15 people sign up. No, was it 20? I think it might have been 20. Whoa! Because I was, like, she's, like, do you want to camp it? And I was, like, no, it's online, it'll be fine. <laughs> Whoever, you know? Yeah, anybody, and I was like, 100 people show up. Oh, my gosh. And it was, like, some people I got to college with, and then just a lot of people I didn't know at all, which made me feel like, ooh, I'm, I'm big time now, people yeah, I don't know. right. And then, you know, and all this stuff, and I was just like, oh, goodness. And um, that was my first time teaching over Zoom, and it was really rough. Yeah. But I did it. Anyway, we, we kind of, like, separated these. A lot of people last minute couldn't, but... But anyway, the response was, like, just made me so excited. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that first time was really hard, and I totally messed up some things, but I'm going to keep at it. And so then we started integrating, like, the drop spindle class, and um, then recently I've done a natural dyeing class. I We've had, like, a family tapestry weaving class, which hasn't really been super successful, but the idea was, like kids and parents weaving together you know just kind of it doesn't have to be tapestry it's just that that's what the loom is set up for but anyway we we're just like trying to try these things out and then I'm going to do a micro the acid dyeing the microwave um wool dyeing class at the end of this month there and um have a couple other ideas but but honestly like we've had enough people at each class that she's like if you want to just keep doing that every other month so we kind of have stuff throughout the year and she just announces it as time goes on. That's great. 
and I can always, I mean, every time I'm like, I'm thinking about maybe doing this class, or I just need to develop a little bit more, and she's like, sure, just let me know, you know, so. That's great that they're, like, open to new opportunities yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, so she takes, like, a percentage, and then I get the rest of the money, and I've been making all the kits, so <clears throat> my husband, um, he, did a, he does woodworking, he hadn't done a lot of, like, fine woodworking, but... Um, when I started the tapestry class, I looked into the <clears throat> gentleman who'd made these little notched frame looms that I had purchased for another class, and he wasn't making them anymore. And so I asked oh, my nice. husband if he could make one, and, and he figured it out, and we've fine-tuned it, and he's made probably over 100 at this point. Oh my gosh! Because through the Fiber Guild, a woman there who's a weaver was, or she's retiring from being an elementary um, art teacher, and she before COVID was like, we, let's find somebody ideally locally to make a bunch of looms and I will buy them and donate them to the school district. So that Whoa. kind of fell apart during COVID and then we just happened to start making looms and she's like, wait a minute, I need could some... you make 50 looms for us? And I was like, yes, we can. We'll give you a deal. And so I like got this chunk of money to kind of start cool some of the stuff I wanted to do for my business. Cool. You know, like just mostly buying supplies and um and whatnot, but yeah, so anyway, we've been able to do that, and now I've, I made, I've been making the drop spindles, and then I dye a lot of the yarn, and I spin some of the yarn that we put in the kits, and I make little bags out of, like, um, thrifted fabric and, like, old jeans and stuff to, like, hold the spindles, and, you know, again, trying to make it all, like, very portable and manageable, yeah. and, that's great, and using local wool for the spinning class, and Amazing. so just, like, all my, like, thing, the things that I make that I love to make, just, like, putting it in a kit and being, like, here you go. Yeah, enjoy. Made I'm, I'm starting you off. Yeah. You let me know if you want more help or yeah. Here's what you can try next. So. That's so cool and cool that you and your partner can like connect. Yes. In that way of like, yeah, I'll help you. I have this skill. You have this skill. Right. And I kept thinking like he's gonna get really tired of this really fast. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, generally speaking, he's down. You know, we've had to like negotiate a couple things, figure out you know to make it work for both of us. But mm -hmm. yeah. And also, like, one thing that was my idea, but he makes them, is um, for the tapestry needles. Again, because, like, so many things, these things can be pricey. <clears throat> or they only make them in, like, plastic or whatever. Um, or metal, but anyway. Um, we take um, Bambi chopsticks and mm. make those into needles. Um, and again, like, idea. just repurposing, re you know, cycling things through the system. Yeah, that, like, is still going to be useful for exactly. what you need. Yeah. Yeah, yes. chopsticks—that's a great idea. Yeah, it's like they small. work very well. How are the looms? Pretty small. Yeah, so the size we came up with—it's a little bit bigger than like that, like a normal sheet of paper. Oh, it's okay. a little bit bigger than that. So yeah, again, like it's just—it's just like a small intro thing. And again, like trying to figure out how much to charge for classes. It's like if we made anything much bigger, right? We'd have to charge more. So we kind of keep it small, portable. Just, again, it's, like, just supposed to be a taste to get people started. Yeah. And then I don't have to feel like I have to have all the answers. Because I'm like, this is intro. So. Yeah, this is just. <laughs> I don't have all the beginning. answers. This is not an expert weaving class. Yeah. yeah. I want you to be creative. I'm just trying to give you the tools. Yeah. You know, and then, like, we'll run with it. Or I'll answer questions or I'll find answers later. But I don't know everything. And I don't expect any of us to. You know, we're just having cool. fun and trying it out. So. Cool. Yeah. That's so fun. Oh, and Scrapwood. And he, yeah, we, we have. He just makes them from scrap wood. It's we're always trying to just like not purchase new things if possible. Yeah, to especially if you're already a carpenter, woodsman. Yeah, like there's so much scrap wood. I have so yes. much scrap wood. Yes, and yeah. he yeah he has some. So we're yeah. using it. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
So when <clears throat> you, maybe we can like start to jump on wool. Yeah, let's do that. There's like so much to <laughs> unpack for wool. Uh, um, so maybe we can start with just like the sheep. <laughs> start from the source. Sure. I'm like, not have like you, have really you, well versed in have sheep. Have you sheared no. before? Okay. No. Okay. It is, no, I definitely have never sheared. So I'm not, I don't know, like I, I'm, te- I'm learning a lot by reading, but I'm not, yeah. I have not sheared. I'm like, I'm reading a book about somebody who does that. Right. <laughs> right. And it's really hard and it's, yeah. and it makes me want to try it, but it's also like absolutely chill. Yeah. I've seen videos online and I was like, y'all make this look so they easy. They make it look easy, but I, ha- yeah, I think it's very, very difficult. You have to be very strong and yeah, determined. it's heavy. And you can get like hit in the face with a hoof. Yeah. Or a horn. Or a horn. Or yeah. all of the above and you just have to keep going. Or maybe it just like falls over on top of you or you or like something. accidentally cut it. Yeah. You know, you just have to know how to do it. It's a plant, or not a plant, it's an animal. It's a living being. (laughs) It is. Plants are also living beings, but different. Different in some ways? Yeah. Yeah. In many ways. They don't have organs. (laughs) They don't have blood. Yeah. Yeah, blood that, yeah. (laughs) They can't scream like a, yeah. Yeah, so no, I've never sheared, and I've only been to a couple sharings, so... Again, like, I have only started to get in, at least in my mind, like, much deeper in the past year to a few months. You know, like, in some of this stuff, I'm just always trying to, like, learn more. I feel like I kind of started with weaving and dyeing, mm-hmm. and I'm working backwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then it was like, wait a minute, how do you even make that yarn? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's spinning. Okay, well, where does that yarn come from? The sheep. So, you know, the wool. So... Um, yeah, I've been, I've been purchasing, so I was just buying roving, you know, maybe they're like a local shepherd and they would have their fleece processed at a mill and then have it sent back and sell it. Um, so I was just doing that and then, um, I, I did, I did a scouring. So I think I said it, the scouring is like when you wash out the oils and the dirt and things so that you can use it. So you can use it when it's in the raw, raw fleece form and spin it in things and it's actually waterproof, but it kind of like once you spin it, it locks in all of that stuff. And so you usually want to wash, if you're going to wash the fleece, you wash it before you spin it. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, so I've been just like purchasing raw fleece specifically from um, one shepherd who's, um, she's moving and selling off her flock. And I, yeah, Moon and Stars Farm, Wind and Stars. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I think it's yeah. Wind and Stars. Anyway, lovely woman that I've been working with. So she has all these fleece that she's accumulated and she spins and things. But, you know, it's a lot of actual material. I actually brought some if you want to see. (gasps) I do. Um, And, yeah, and it's a process if you're going to do it by hand. So, and and there's just this whole history with, like, so this is some that I washed yesterday. And I actually brought a spindle if you want me to spin some of it for you, but... Whoa. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've been buying a it's lot of just hair. hair. It's hair. Exactly. It's just hair. Okay, but it's so much more fuzzier when... Is this the raw fleece? That's raw. That's scoured. This is scoured. I did scour that. Yeah, it was raw. And then I scoured it. Um, oh my gosh, it's so soft. I love wool. I'm such oh, a like, good. big wool don't. fan. Well, and some people assume like it's supposed to... Oh, it's too scratchy or it's hot... And really, like, so this is one thing, too, that I've been learning. And this is some roving that I dyed with indigo recently. Somebody just gave me fresh indigo the other day. I was uh, at the art emergency, and somebody's like, oh, do you want some fresh indigo? And I was like, 
what? Yeah. Yes, yes. And so I picked up off her porch. She lives in North Lawrence. Oh, my gosh. And then another friend of mine who's been growing her own fresh indigo was like, oh, yeah, you don't need to do a vat. You just rub it into some stuff and it stays. I was like, what? So, I mean, you know, mixed results on my part so far. But I did just rub some indigo in that that white wool, and it's like a pale, pale, gorgeous, soft blue. It goes from this, and then you put it into uh, this rope-like thing? Yeah, so you can dye the fleece as is, like once it's washed. Okay. You can dye it like that and then spin it. This is prepared in a mill, but you can also do it mm. like yourself. So they like are this is carded and then they make it into it's roving. So it's just like a long thin piece of continuous okay. fiber. Okay. But you can take hand cards, which I'm not good at it. I haven't taken that on yet. Yet these like it's like rectangular with a handle. Oh is have that the brush this? thing? Yeah. Or it looks like... like a big hairbrush. And you have okay. two of them and you're supposed to like it's, you're using it to straighten out the fibers, and a lot of the vegetable matter will fall out, like grass and things, because, you know, they're animals living they, outside. They go in the grass. <laughs> um, and so you can use that to straighten out the fibers, and, um, but you can also use, I usually just use a drum carter, which has the same, um, like, brush-like teeth on a round drum, and you turn a crank and move the wool through, and it goes onto the drum, and it's not like making the fibers perfectly parallel and lined up, but it's more organized, so you can spin from that. There are all these, it's like there's a million ways to do it, but basically you're organizing the fibers so that you can easily spin it, and then I always ply my fiber, my, my wool that I spin, but yeah, there's like woolen and worsted types of yarn those are the extremes and some so one's like lofty and warm and that's usually carded fiber and then combed fiber is like the preparation you would do if you and and there are different ways to spin it to get woolen or worsted as well there's long draw and short draw anyway one's like the end goal extreme would be like lofty warm airy light fiber yarn and then the other extreme is like smooth sleek fiber with no, no air in there it's just like the fibers are all parallel and it's very like drapey fabric and things so cool. they're just all these and then everything in between yeah probably for different methods of using it right exactly so yeah if you want like really a really cool. warm sweater you would want your yarn spin and I always get them confused I think it's woolen okay and then if you want like a drapey skirt I don't know yeah you know or something that flows a little bit more or like I you can you can weave with either but I do primarily weave with my yarn I don't really knit or crochet so on a loom especially for a warp which is the yarn that goes onto the loom and then you weave parallel um perpendicular to that with the weft if I'm going to warp my loom I want that yarn to be pretty solid and so I would probably want to spin that worsted if I were to Okay. Weave with. There's so much terminology. Yeah, and there is, and it's overwhelming. And I even like again, I already get confused. All right. <laughs> yeah, but that's but so yeah. Cool. So there's this just is, there's wow, so much to it. All this, and that's part of the problem. Is like I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna read up on spinning, and then I start, and I'm like, oh, uh, you know, you have to take it piecemeal, and that's how I've had to be with natural dye. Yeah. So like you can, what you can do with this is you see how the ends are a little bit yellow. Yeah. That's probably just honestly a little bit of urine, so it's a little bit of staining. But if you dye this where the urine was will actually take the color better than Oh, so like, you're chemically. like, pee on the whole thing. <laughs> Some people use, have used their own urine to help. 
set the die. And some people think that's like, how did they figure out to do this? Anyway, so yeah, like, so if you look on this, you can see the tips that are kind of crunched together. Yeah. And if you just pull out, like, you see how this is all stuck together? Um, Rachel Miss Livy at, um, at Wind and Stars, right, I think so, farm, she she taught me to wash the fleece in one big piece if I can. Somebody else that was having me break it up into pieces. She's like, no, wash it in one piece. Try to keep the locks, which are all these little clumped together fibers, intact. Yeah. And then you can literally just pull it out. <gasps> and you'll be able to see how long the fibers are. See how long that is. Oh, my gosh. And so they go all the way from here. on the, This was the outside right. of the sheep. To this is the side that was cut. Wow. And so there's That's some like vegetable matter, inches? but not much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably about, or if, and, and it's a little, it's a little kinky, so I can stretch it, I'll be longer. So her sheep are, um, are, they were bred from Lincoln and Carolina Variegated Mutant. So there's this whole other side of it with, like, the what breed. Sheep, sheep breed do you have? And the, right. the fleece that they produce, and there are efforts, like, through the Livestock Conservancy to try to, um, promote various breeds and, like, hook spinners fiber artists up directly with farmers to and so you can contact them and like help buy the fleece from them because a lot of farmers have a really hard time figuring out how to even sell their fleece or what to get do. rid of it and yeah. have somebody give them money for all the hard work they've done yeah um and so it's called shave them to save them and you just go online and you can just do it on your own but you can buy a little book it's like 15 dollars. it's a little like silly cute passport thing cool. and every page has a different conservation breed so the breeds specifically in our country that need help you know like we need to we need to like help out these farmers and make sure they're getting a good price for their fleece so that they can keep raising them so that these breeds don't just go extinct yeah you know with like no support yeah sheep sheep breeds going domesticated sheep not like a crazy parrot in you know right and it's like all around us like the other day i was like let me just see what other farms around here that have sheep and i mean there are all these farms that i didn't know about um, well, that's great because now your the your sheep shepherd is selling their sheep. Yeah, so, so you, yeah, you'll have more. Yeah, and also to just to have support. experiences with different breeds, and all the different breeds have like different qualities to their fleece. Yeah. So like Lincoln has very long staples. So the staple is how long the actual individual fibers. Okay. Very long stapled um, fleeces, and they tend to have. So you see it here, kind of that loose wave, uh-huh. whereas Carolina Variegated Mutant has more of this, like, tight, kinky wave. Okay. And it's, like, warmer and softer. So this, I think the part of the idea was, like, she was breeding them together to get, like, a long-stapled, warm, soft fiber because it's easier to spin if you have a long-stapled fiber, a long, actually, long fiber, and it can be a lot stronger. And if you, you know, but then a lot of people want the softness, the warmth of wool although wool can be it's like warm everybody knows that it's also very very breathable so oh my gosh it's great i actually recently so i've been reading again i've been reading all these people's books and clara parks is like this big big um, proponent of wool and shepherding and mills and how can we support the these industries and let's bring wool back um and what was i gonna say she Oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I'll quick talk about my... Whatever. I anyway, got just this... So, much. I got, so I have this sweater that I got oh, from my dad. Oh, okay. And it's a wool sweater, and it's, like, from Norway or Sweden uh-huh. or something, because I have a lot of heritage there. And, oh my gosh, 
It's my favorite sweater. I am not ever cold. Like, it is scratchy, though. That's the thing. It's, like, it's a super scratchy sweater. Yes. You cannot so wear it bare. Like, you have to wear... Because it, it's, a, like, a mock neck, so it just goes, like, right on the collar. So it's on So your neck. I have to almost wear a turtleneck underneath it or, like, something that has, like, goes up to my actual neck um, because it will just get itchy. But one thing is that in the beginning it was really annoying to wear, like when it would touch my skin because it was yeah. scratchy, but over time I got used to that feeling and it was it hasn't been a big yeah. deal. And that's really that's more than likely that's just the breed of the sheep is that it right. creates this really durable flea fiber. It's so, yeah. but it's prickly. That's what a lot of people use the word prickly, and some yeah. people like think that's a negative word in the fleece world, the wool world. But like, there's a lot of stuff that is not prickly. Felt real prickly just, on my skin. Yeah, you have to like, for like, so, and that's the thing like. I just buy all those prickly yarns at the thrift store because I'm kind of like, no one's going to want this. Yeah. And I weave rugs out of it because you want a rug to be durable. Right. It, you don't, it's not going to be what they call it next to skin. It's not going to be something you're wearing. If you're going to wear something next to skin, soft, you know, you want it to be like, yeah, um, yeah, feel good on your body. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's, again, that's just like breeds and a lot of people are just like, oh, wool, I know about wool. Yeah. You know, but there's just like, there's just a lot to it. And that's what I was going to say is like Claire Parks was kind of talking about this and she's like she's just always telling talking about you know through emails or whatever like all these other products you know wool products that you can try out and one time she talked about underwear and I was like huh because wool is breathable right and it and because it's so breathable like it actually wicks moisture away from your body yes. so if you're sweating yeah it very quickly dissipates unlike cotton which is like gonna hold that moisture next mm -hmm. to your body and actually make you colder like you know what I mean if you get cotton right. t-shirt wet and then you're walking around you're freezing. you're like I'm cold because it yeah. won't dry it dries very easily so I actually invested in some wool underwear and oh my gosh highly recommend yeah Super this I think recommend. this uh sports bra that I'm is wearing it? is uh partially wool yeah so it has a little bit of spandex in it but oh my gosh I love it yeah I really love it it's amazing, just, like, the properties when you get into all that. And, again, there's just, like, so much to all of this. Right. But, but yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, we need to be talking about this all stuff. All on board. All on board. Because, you know, just, like, quality of life. I mean, anyway, my husband goes hiking, and I was like, mm, I'm going to save up a little money because, you know, it's an investment. It's not well, cheap stuff. Well, it's an it's, investment, yeah. It's, yeah, especially, like, the company I was trying to go with. It's, like, well-made, you know, ethically made. And I was like, I'm going to save up some money and get you some shirts. And he took them hiking. He was like, whoa, warm dried easily i wasn't sweaty you know like yeah what stuff. companies do you like to like have you the found? one that we so there's a lot of companies out there now but the one that we've been buying through is ibex and again like i we started out with the underwear right. and then i got him underwear and then he we've gotten some shirts i actually had a really nice and all of these are like thin mm -hmm. and they're merino um, although they are when not I, merino. They are merino, okay, cool. so that's the breed. Right. But merino is actually more of like a category, um, and there's like other breeds under the merino category. So mm -hmm. like, we're buying like shirts and underwear that's like very very thinly spun and knitted. Um, whereas like if I go to the store and I buy merino yarn, it's like very 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 soft and warm, and it almost is like not durable. So anyway, it's just, again, like, even within Merino, there are all these categories, because mm -hmm. you obviously want your clothing to last and not, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Stuff, okay, cool. That's, I've, yeah, that's the company we've been going through. But I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it was, we saved up a little money. But I'm also just trying to buy less clothes or make my own clothes. I've been starting to make some clothing. and Did you make that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh! I just I basically developed, like, one <laughs> style of shirt that I like, because I have decided, like, I'm 
done with bras 99.99999% of the time. Yes. Um, for a variety of reasons. And so I was like, if I wear knitted shirts, it's just clinging and then I'm self-conscious or whatever. I just want like a loose woven fabric, which yeah. I weave. So I love the woven fabrics. Right. And I got this at Scraps KC, which is my number one favorite place to get all my yarn and I've fabric. heard so much stuff about scraps. Yeah, you gotta, gotta like go. be ready to. I have to like. You know, I can't go yet yourself. because like I need. I have other projects I need to work on. Yeah, it's you know? amazing. Like, like the quality. Yeah, so I just I get I intentionally get like woven fabric where you can see the weave and there's an interesting you know pattern or dye or whatever. Cool. So yeah, I've started to do some clothing again, like an effort to like buy less and buy less new and all the yeah you know, slow fashion and all support of that. yourself. Pull the thing, right? Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten a few, like, tank tops that have, like, merino wool in them, and they also have other qualities in them, um, and I wear them on the farm, and they're definitely my favorite. Yeah, I've, I like Ibex because I was able to find also, like, the highest percentage wool. That's, I, in, I'm glad to know that because I, that's what like, I was looking I, that's for what I, I couldn't look find at. it. Yeah, no, I believe, I think in the underwear and in the shirts, like, the only thing from what I could gather that was not wool was, like, the elastic band. Cool. You know, as opposed to, like, fibers that are blended together. Because if you have something like this, and then you actually are blending another fiber in with it, mm -hmm. the properties of wool are going to be dissipated. Right. You know? Right. So it's not going to... Do you want to see me spin? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, do you mind? I do. I absolutely don't So mind. this was... Again, this was that other stuff. But I can join them and just start spinning this. So you kind of get it over your shoulder so it doesn't... Oh, and then you just twist it. Oh, my gosh. So this is not a spindle we made, but it works the same way. This was actually the one I learned on. So you kind of, it's called drafting. You pull out the fibers to make it thinner. And then you add the twist to make it stronger. And then will it just go down? down? Like it will go It'll go there. down to the, yeah, the actual spindle will go down to the floor. And then I have to manually put the wool, okay. the yarn on the spindle. Okay. Whoa. So I've never actually tried to spin this. This is super long. Um fiber but then it, so I do always yeah, buy it you just got so much out of there right and I still have a lot left you can get a lot of this but if you fold it in half and let go all the extra twist and energy is gonna make it ply itself so I'll come back later and ply it but this is what it'll look like when it's done oh right, so then so it looks like yarn like okay so then this is, the, this yarn is the yarn piece. that I would then okay. weave with or you could dye wow and that you can was see, so like, quick. it's super strong. <laughs> like, again, these are really long fibers, and... Oh, my gosh. <gasps> it's so soft. Yeah. I mean, this... Yeah, it's soft. It's like, This is pretty, relatively. like, sleek. Like, I could make... there. So I kind of did, like, a short draw. Let's see if I can do the long draw. Which I just... I've read about. See, it wants to grab onto itself. And that's another thing about wool is, like... It actually has... Every fiber actually has scales that stick out. And oh they're kind of like this, you know, coming out from the, the right. shaft or whatever of the right. fiber. And they want to hang on to other ones next to it. So mm. it's just, it's sticky. And it can create like this nice cohesive fabric. I suppose like cotton, it's it's not really doing that. So I, I actually, on the other spindles that we made, this is what I do. And I learned this online. I was like, how can I teach people how to go from spinning a single strand to plying on a drop spindle without like a ball winder or having anyway all these other intermediary things that they might have to purchase yeah to like bring the two together 
And so I looked online, and there is a spindle that does a similar thing. It's just a little bit different, but I was, again, trying to figure out something we could make at our house. So, um, anyway, I, you can kind of do this wrapping technique here, but it works better on this other type that I came up with that has, like, a larger shaft in the middle. Mm -hmm. So this I made oh, with... So anyway, you do this wrapping technique, and it's the same technique you do when you around a... It's called a Nasta Pinna. And what you're doing is creating a center pull ball. So, you know, like, have you ever seen a ball of yarn and it's, like, flat on the top and bottom and it just goes around and there's yes. kind of a hole in the middle? Yes. So with those, what you can do is pull the yarn out from the inside of the ball right. and the outside at the same time. And so that's Whoa. what you're doing with this. Here, I'll show you. I'll do it with this one. So this I actually dyed, I think, with coffee or something. And this is wool that I got up in North Lawrence at um, Pinwheel Farms. Oh, yeah, with Natalia. With Natalia. Yeah, so anyway, this so that's how you spin it. And then if you want to ply it, a lot of people would, like, wind this into a ball and put it over here. Or they'd get a ball winder to make that, mm. that center pole ball I mentioned. Mm -hmm. But if you wrap it like this you're making a center pull ball on the shaft Already of the drop there. spindle. And so this is just a piece of wood my husband cut. This is just a, uh, oops, this is just a, um, a hex screw that I got for like whatever or nothing, 30 cents. This is actually a pern, which is a shuttle that's used on a certain type of loom. So I bought those new so that I always had the same exact consistent one for mm -hmm. what I made. But this is a pern, and then this is a cup hook, and you just glue it to the top. And cool. you have, so you have this nice big shaft here yeah. to make the ball on. And then this is just a piece of yarn I started with called a leader. And if I'm going to loosen it, I'm going to pull this whole ball off. Actually, I can do it without undoing the leader. Pull it off. And then you can go from your singles that I have here to plying. So what I'm going to do is I already have the middle. Oh. See, it's coming out of the middle. Whoa. From where I started the spinning. And then I take the other one off the outside. And I'm going to connect it here. And then I'm going to apply them together. And then that's when it, the applying is the double. Right, is when you take two or more of the singles. They don't call it a one-ply, they call it a single. <laughs> it's still one-ply. And then you let them come together. So I spun all my yarn count uh, with this going clockwise. Now I have to spin it counterclockwise. Oh, and, and then it just does it. And, like, all the extra energy that's in there will So then you'll it. do the same thing with this and do it in the same ball? You don't have to do it in that ball anymore at this point. If this is the final yarn that I want, then I don't have to make it in that ball again. But if I want to okay. make a four-ply yarn, yeah. then I would wrap it in that ball again and add some extra twist. Mm -hmm. And I could then ply those these two. And it would look like, you know, it would be like, Whoa. you know, like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. And then you can wow, knit wow, with wow. it, crochet with it, you know. Yeah. Weave wow. with it, whatever. So this is just one of the spindling is just one of the few ways that you can process it. Into yeah, drop spindles. Okay. Yeah, there's supported spindles where it doesn't hang in the air. The end of the the end of the spindle actually rests on like a table or on the floor. So like a Navajo spindle is a supported spindle. It's like really, really long, thin rod like the shaft and then there's a this round part's called a whorl there's a big whorl at the bottom 
And so you roll it on your leg to get the spin going, mm-hmm. but the bottom was always resting on the ground. So that's a type of supported spindle. Mm-hmm. Or they have like cotton. If you're using a um, spinning cotton with a drop spindle, you'd use a supported spindle. And sometimes they're just a small version of this. And you let the bottom rest like in a cup okay. or something on your lap like that. Okay. And then they're spinning wheels, which I have one type of spinning wheel. There are all these different types of spinning wheels. Yeah. Actually, my dad built the spinning wheel that I have for my mom. Cool. And then I inherited it. And um, then, of course, there's, like, you know, industrial size spinning wheels. There are um, electrical spinners cool. that some people use. A lot of I've people, especially the... with, like, more physical limitations. Yeah. Then it just moves. They don't have to do the pedal. It just spins, and they just sit there and do the hand motions yeah. to get it. I've seen the, the foot, the two-foot Yeah, I have a single pedal. Okay. Cool. Single, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Wow, and this just weaving. blew my That's mind. Other thing. <laughs> and then weaving. And there's weaving and all the other things. Cool. Wow. It's, there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I get very excited. I want to tell everybody about every, all of it. Yeah, you know, you gotta I'm like, so glad you gotta pace you yourself. <laughs> I gotta like slow myself down. Right. <laughs> Especially with like the whole process and the all the different steps that goes through and the different ways to go through it is like whoa well and i feel like when people see these things or even just if somebody actually listened to all of what i explained they'd be like oh my gosh and that's only to make the yarn yeah right we just went through one process yeah and i don't know like i just feel like there's so much value in every step of that process and i have figured out how to do it in such a way that i enjoy every step of that process and of course not everybody's going to right but like it's just very like calming and therapeutic I've just had so many lovely moments where I'm like, wow, this is greater. I mean, I'm telling you, like, with COVID and everything else, like, it is a stress reliever. And yeah. especially having something portable like this. You just I'll just it take it bag. with me. Yeah. I'll just take it with me. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you see me doing this crazy thing. Maybe they'll ask me about it. You know, like, yeah. do it walking down the street or do it at a park or... Right. Honestly, like, sometimes I'm just, like, overwhelmed in my house. So I'm like, I'm just going to go over here for a minute, and I'm going to sit at my spinning wheel. Because like spin. it's very, like, methodical, like, repetitive. Yeah meditative yeah. right. work that's fantastic so yeah that's good things to think about but also very like intellectual in some ways yeah so it's good good balance and i feel like once you get the hang of it you can really unlock all those yeah different parts of it yeah know? it's very much about like muscle memory and yeah just yeah. getting a feel for it okay cool so when you let's say you're about to Oops. put this on a loom right would you use that same fiber so there's like the cross section of it mm-hmm. and then there's the middle that you're like weaving into the cross section am i like thinking of yeah, this correctly yeah 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 so it's they're just terms the, for what you're saying but it's yes. all the same you can okay yeah i mean some people so what you're the stuff i don't remember what term you used but the stuff that you're putting on the loom yeah that yarn is called a warp okay so you're talking about like warping the loom and then the other yarn that crosses it perpendicular is called the weft. So some people mix fibers in what they're producing, but if you're gonna do that, you know, you just have to keep in mind the properties of those fibers. So for example, if you're gonna make clothing and you do like a plant fiber like cotton or linen, and then you're gonna put wool in there and you're gonna expect somebody to be able to like wash in a washing machine, the wool will shrink in the washing machine. You know, if it goes from hot to from hot to cold, it will shrink. Um, and then, but you can actually use that to your, like, on purpose and purposefully, like, weave something and have part of it shrink to get, like, kind of a ripple effect or something. But, yeah, it's just, like, 
the fibers work differently. But yeah, you can you can do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> yeah. Some of it, I feel like in the end, it's mostly about like durability. I mean, visually, you know, what is it beautiful? But I was like durability and just like what is it going to take for somebody to take care of that to wash that. So I feel like mm-hmm. when I do like art shows or sell things, I try to keep that in mind. Like okay. I'm going to tell people, you know, this is wool, like, this is how you take care of it. Or if I want this to be a rug, this needs to be durable, you right. know, or like explain those things to people. Cause a lot of people these days are just used to throwing everything in the washing machine and the dryer. And yeah. then if something gets screwed up, you're like, Oh darn, Shoot. that's going in the trash. Right. You know, cause it's so easy to just like buy the next thing. Yeah. But if just... it's handmade and somebody did go through even half of these steps to make it. Yeah. It's like, you want people to honor it. Hopefully you find somebody that will honor that process. Right. And take care of it. Right. So it's not just, yeah. Thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's good to think about that. Um, especially with the, because I've definitely, I wonder, oh, I should have brought this out. So I knitted a oh. backpack. Whoa. And then I shrunk it. On purpose? On purpose. Good, good. Because it was like, yeah. it was freaking huge. Right, you have to make them very big and then let it yeah. yeah, and I ha- my sister is, like, my family's just decent at fa- fiber arts. And, like, you know, everybody just knew how to uh, knit. You awesome. know, my grandma is really good at knitting. And um, she doesn't knit anymore just because of her pure eyesight. Is that okay? Yeah, please. Um, and so there was, yeah, so... Where was I going with this? Okay, so this backpack. Yes. And it literally <laughs> took me so long because it was one of those projects I started in the winter and I was a kid and then I just, oh. like, forgot about it and then I, like, eventually got back to it and finished it. But, yeah, going through that and then shrinking it, it it's crazy. It's crazy to see all, like, it be really, really big and have, like, big stitches and then, like shrink down into this like really small little knit thing yeah you know i don't know i was supposed to filter that so it's okay (laughs) if you're okay with drinking a few tea leaves um i love it but yeah that was like such a fun process to go through i was like what (laughs) yeah and then my sister i'll I'll pull it out before you leave because i I want you to see it because it's really cool um i mean i was like how in the heck did you do this like she did a cross like she had a pattern it wasn't just straight stitch it was like she created mm. this like cross stitching pattern that was like interweaving and I was like oh my god it's what? amazing what you can do but again I just feel like it like everybody wears clothes yeah everybody <laughs> right um we're usually sleeping on sheets in the bed you know like right. you're just if you're in a car you're sitting on fabric you know yeah. like it's everywhere it's everywhere and we just take it for granted I know I do, but it, it just, it forced, I mean, obviously if you do any of the things I've talked about, like you're forced to slow down and just like realize and appreciate and just, I don't know, come to terms with like the way we treat the fabric. And Mm -hmm. also if you learn about just like natural fibers and as opposed to like, you know, whatever, artificial fibers and things. Yeah. I don't know. It just, to me, it just opens up so many conversations realities understandings relationships with our world you know like it just goes in all these really great directions that I think are like healthy and worth our time to think about definitely conversations that need to be had yes. that deserve to be had absolutely yeah climate change I mean yeah you know, dare we go there with this like, right? it's all yeah one thing that I read just let me just say one thing about that 
of all the things I could say, like, I was reading an article the other day, and I've heard people say this, is, you know, California has, has these wildfires, and part of the issue is there's all this underbrush. I mean, at least, I don't know. I'm not an expert. This is what I've heard. Yeah. You know, there's just all this underbrush that hasn't been taken care of, and, like, they are actually starting to hire, in some areas, shepherds to come through with their sheep to just eat that all up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just... <laughs> there are ways they can help yeah that, yeah i and I, I mean even you could even that compared to like a urban shepherd of somebody like putting their sheep on their lawns to eat their grass yes cool why not that's cool Makes so much sense, more sense than busting out a lawnmower and the throwing the grass in the trash or yeah. you know all these things people do there was a lawnmower that was here just a few minutes ago and i was like erg you yeah. know um yeah, I, I actually thought about that when I heard, like, all the wildfires, and I was like, man, they could really use some, like, goats or sheep all or... All sorts of animals that could help take care everything. of that balance. They, yeah. they will literally climb a tree and eat brushes, and they'll eat the tree, you know? like Yeah, but we're like, no, 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 no animals over here. Yeah. Only people, but yeah. then we end up with situations that don't Yeah, only people who pollute and create more trash. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally There's a lot there. of that. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'm probably, I'm like There's reading another, it. Another episode. I'm not well versed yeah. enough to like verbalize it well. You know? Right. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's real. It's all interconnected. It's it is. It is, it is. Um, yeah. Okay, I think we're like coming on the, the latter half of this. Um, what is the one question I like to ask everybody? Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, I'm going to. The fiber of wool. Let me leave you some. <laughs> Let me make you a little yarn. <laughs> um, Enjoy. What is your favorite... Well, I guess... How long have you lived in Kansas for? Yeah, good question. I have lived in Kansas probably about ten years. Okay. I'm originally from New Jersey. Ooh. So I did not grow up around wow. any farms. Cool. <laughs> Midwest, you know, family roots, but I did not grow up in the Midwest. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, in your 10 years here, what is some of your favorite moments that you've had in the prairie scenery here? Yeah, I, I was trying to think of that because I knew you were going to ask that. Yeah. I think I have this very distinct memory, and I think I looked it up. I think I must have been in Tallgrass, the Tallgrass yeah. prairie with my husband, you know, it was just like a romance. I don't know how to say, you know, romance, whatever. But but it was. It was like, I just remember, you know, we were just getting to know each other and just like going there together and just feeling like we can just be free. You know, like, and that's honestly, now that I have kids, I think about that all the time. Like, we're in a city. There are streets. There are cars. There are concerns. You know, people don't want you on their lawn. And like, I feel like when you're out there in the prairie or in the woods or, you know what I mean? It's just like, you can just be and there's no, like, restriction. You know what I mean? It's uh -huh. like, I don't know. So I just felt like we could just be our lovely, happy, and love selves, and just, like, frolic around, and we were being goofy and acting like idiots, and, like, it was just, like, that sense of freedom and immediacy of everything around us, and just, like, being there together. Yeah. That's such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, good thought there. Thanks. <laughs> I'm the trying to find the end so I can so leave it with ya. Aww. Um, cool. Oh my gosh, this is, like, so fascinating. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, 
I kind of want people to get sucked in. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. It's been so good for me, mentally. Yeah. I actually have been in contact with somebody at Burt Nash, just kind of because I have a friend that works there, and I was like, do you know anybody who's doing any art therapy with crafting? And she's like, I know somebody who's done some art therapy classes. And I was, you know, again, just like the idea of like motion and movement and making being therapeutic and being healing and being a place where, you know, communities can be formed, but you can also just like have some meditative time to yourself. And, yeah. um, and I think people are starting to talk about this too, like craft as a healing art and, and art therapy. I've also been reading about this, you know, traditionally it's like, doing the fine arts not that there's anything wrong with those things but like you know painting sculpture um pottery but like what about what about spinning what about weaving what about you know just I mean book binding paper making like there's just so yeah. many things that hands-on yeah I don't know I just feel like it's so good for your yourself your community your mental health your yeah mental health. totally definitely so yeah and I think at least from what I've come from, from an art standpoint, is, like, taking a canvas and making something on a canvas is really difficult. And I feel like there's a lot of high expectation. I've always struggled with... With this, it's like... thinking about that. You have to do... this. There's a process. Yeah. There's no... Like, there is a there's creative a aspect to it, but, a, like... Yeah, there's a process that you have to go through in order to get to the final product. And that helps me make... And I've thought about that so many times with weaving. Like, why do I like this? This is so linear, you know? But, like, yeah. I think I, personally, in order to start anything... I need some sort of a structure, and I, so I feel like I have a concept of what is possible within a realm of anything. Child rearing, weaving, spinning, whatever, art. And then I feel like, okay, now that I understand the basics, now I can get creative with it and make it my own. And that's also what I try to teach people. It's like, I'm teaching you some basic skills, and then you break all the rules you want. Like, you just make it your own, you have fun with it, and experiment, yeah. and just see what happens. Try it out. Because it's about... It's about making, and it's about the journey. It is not about the final product, even if that's all you see in, a, you know, a museum or what somebody's selling. Like, yeah, the story and the experience is the making. Oh my gosh! And all the stuff that goes into it, because it's a lot. Yeah. With any sort of creative practice at all. Yeah. And I that's mean, this this alone really is yeah. Yeah. Totally. Ah, oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love it all too. <laughs> Obviously. So pretty. Yeah. Yeah. You stuck with it. I know. How I'm cool. Like, you know, and again, like, whole other topic of, like, how I'm managing to do all of this in the midst of, like, raising children in a pandemic, but right. I'm pretty determined. My mom, in part, I think, because my mom, you know, we all look to our parents and, like, hmm, what am I going to do or not do based on what I saw growing up? And my mom, when she had children, she just stopped weaving, spinning, and I was like, wait a minute. I have kids, and I feel like I need that now more than ever. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this, and my husband's been very supportive, you know? So I've figured out a way to, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's important. But it takes a lot of determination, (laughs) honestly. Yeah. Well, and especially just to, like, give yourself that time. Yeah. You know, when you're also trying to give, like, your kids time. That's the number one thing, and that's almost part of the reason, too. I was like, I'm going to make this a business. And then I'll be like, Mom's going to work. In this the garage, is, at the right loom. Yeah. You know, like, giving it that label helped me, like, set boundaries around my time doing those things. Not that you Amazing. have to do it that way, but it really, that helped me, like, frame it in yeah. my head, too. I think boundaries across the board it. are just, like, 
good practice. Yeah, I'm not so great. That. I'm getting yeah. better. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That it's helps, hard when there's it? when like you get invited to do fun projects. That's when boundaries become really tough because you're like, that sounds really fun. I want to go, but I can't. <laughs> you know, that's the hardest thing for me. But yeah, everybody has a different, you know, way of doing it. So yeah, cool. All right, so your Instagram is Harvestry by Hand. Yeah, Harvest R Y by Hand. One word. <laughs> cool. And again, like I'm pacing myself, but I want to have a regular like newsletter at some point and things, but I don't. So yeah, I think Instagram I've embraced. Yeah, I I'm on there quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's like a good way to find me, see Connect. what I'm doing, and definitely, like, I love when people are, like, reach out and ask questions or anything. Great. Share what they're doing. Yeah. Great. Um, and then you also are at the Kansas City Textile Arts Center, mm-hmm. and you'll do classes there and stuff, Yeah, too. I've been doing classes there, and I always, Great. like, announce it through Instagram and stuff, or, yeah, definitely through the Kansas City Textile Arts Center. You can, like, look them up. It's KC Textile Arts Center. Cool. Is the Instagram handle. We'll see you at the art fair, the Lawrence. Yeah. Wait, what's it called? Art in so, the Park? So, yeah, Art in the Park, September 18th and 19th, and I'm going to primarily have rugs and some other things as well. But um, And then I've been doing the Art Emergency every second Saturday from 9 to 2 outside of the Art Emergency. So that's an outdoor um, event you know, that is a concern of some people. And then cool. I have actually started doing a couple classes in Lawrence, mostly just, like, at the park. So... I did one and it was so hot. So <laughs> in the evening it was like 95 degrees. So I was like, I'll wait till the Classic. fall, but I want to do a lot more classes and just really anybody who wants to like learn any of this or talk about it, like reach out. I can Great. teach you or we can just have a conversation or anything. I just want to engage people. Yeah. However, they're comfortable and ready to be engaged with these things. Yeah get some folks involved, get the community involved. I'd love to, yeah. Ah, Lots of dreams. I got lots of dreams. We'll see what I can manage. (laughs) That's great. Well, thanks for chatting with me about this today. Yeah, when you reached out, I was like, whoa. I told people, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be interviewed. I'm so big time now. Like, look at me. And honestly, like this weekend, it was like too much. And I was like, I'm going to go anyway. I don't even care. It's going to be so good once I get here. Oh, I'm so lovely. I'm so bad. Yay. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Prairie Ramblings podcast. Hope you were able to enjoy this week's episode. If you have a desire, please feel free to like and share this episode with some like-minded individuals, as well as leaving a review or a comment would be very helpful and very much appreciated. A special thanks to Austin at Nessera Studios for helping produce this podcast, as well as Anchor for being a great medium for finding like other like-minded individuals on the internet. All right. Thanks again and have a great rest of your day. See ya.